Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? You are listening to the NBA Big Board Podcast, and I'm your host, Rafael Barlow, recording live in the Windy City, Chicago, Illinois, where the 2022 NBA Combine is taking place. Find out in this episode who stood out in shooting drills, who tested well in the athletic testing, and my thoughts on Shaden Sharp's Pro Day. Stay tuned. All right, I am Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board. And in this episode, I have all the details of what is happening in Chicago. But thank you so much for each and every person that has made the NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. And we'd like to thank our title sponsor for the NBA Big Board podcast, Sakara Nutrition. Sakara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish. Go to sakara.com slash locked on 20 or enter Locked on 20 for 20% off at checkout. All right. Monday was the first day that I arrived here in Chicago. It was a crazy day for me. I had crazy flight delays. I was supposed to get in at 7.30 a.m. My airplane or the airplane, the AC didn't work. <laughs> I was. Imagine how frustrating that is. We sat on the plane for about three hours waiting on them to fix the air conditioning, and then they decided not to use that plane. So I had this long, crazy day. Then when I got to Chicago, they told me that I needed to get the booster shot in order to get my credential. So the first two days of the combine, I'm trying to do my job. I'm trying to film. I'm trying to write articles after taking the booster shot. And I I mean, I felt like I got hit by a Ford excursion on the highway. I was I was messed up. So I'm a little bit better now. And on Monday, after all of that had taken place, I couldn't even move my arm. I had the opportunity to watch and film a couple of pro days. Now, if you're not familiar with the term pro day, it is an, basically an individual workout ran by the prospects agency in front of NBA scouts and personnel. These workouts are heavily scripted and they're controlled by the agency so the main point is to highlight a player's strength so if a guy isn't a good three-point shooter you probably won't see him taking very many threes unless the agency feels like the player has made major improvements since the end of the season and it's something that they want to showcase so for the pro days I've been to you see for example if a guy's athletic you're going to see him do a lot of athletic moves you know you're going to see him do a lot of dunking or just basically just showing off what teams already know is a strength some people feel like the pro days are pointless and teams place more emphasis on their team workouts because they are controlled and you get a chance to like I said basically control or see what you want to see out of the player but it was shading sharp most people have not had the opportunity to see sharp and I give you a little bit of the backstory. Shaden Sharp graduated from high school, I guess last May, but nobody knew about it. Started off the season playing high school basketball. And then at the semester, he transferred to Kentucky, but didn't play. And then it came out that he did graduate, which made him eligible for the draft. And last summer, he, I mean, he just had like a crazy rise. He wasn't even a top 100 player. 
at this time last year and just dominated the Nike EYBL circuit and just put himself in position to be the top player in the class of 2023. But we did not know that he already graduated, which made him class of 2022. And anyway, he's eligible for the draft. So he's a guy that scouts do not have a lot of info on. So this was like the first opportunity for a lot of scouts or execs to see him in person. And what stood out to me was his size and his strength. I mean, this dude is physically gifted, has a strong frame, and he literally explodes off the ground. And if there was one thing I would say that kind of disappointed me about his pro day, it was that he was splitting reps with another player who it looked like he was being showcased to NBA execs by packaging him in a pro day next to Sharp. The guy's not on anybody's top 60 or even 100 big boards. And so he likely wouldn't have an opportunity to work out in front of scouts representing every NBA team. So it was probably more beneficial to him than Sharp. So that was kind of disappointing. Their pro day was like an hour. So it was like you'd get a few minutes of Sharp's drills, then the next guy would do his drills. And it's not a knock on on the other guy. And I get it from the agency perspective. I don't think Sharp has actually signed with an agency. From what I heard, it was like his AAU coach kind of running the, the workout. So I get it from their point of view. It's, hey, we have this guy that we think is good, and this is an opportunity to you know, put him in front of scouts that he may not have this opportunity but from like my perspective and NBA scouts perspective, we came to see Shaden Sharp. But Sharp showed good toucher on the rim. He did a lot of drills where he had a, a mock defender guarding him from the mid post. I mean, he showcased the shot making ability that um, he he came in with the reputation of having. And based off his workout, it looks like he feels comfortable posting up smaller players. He did a lot of drills, at least from what I saw in the low post. Which, if you've been watching the playoffs, could be really beneficial because, I mean, you look at the Mavs and even though they got smacked last night by the Warriors, but you look at how they beat Phoenix, they just had physically imposing guards that just kind of played bully ball. And so what I've been trying to do is evaluate players based off of how I think their style fits in playoff basketball and... Like I said, if you've noticed, wing ball handlers who can play through contact are super valuable. And that's what Shaden Sharp projects to be, a shot maker, a a guy that can take contact. And, I mean, with his size and athleticism, I, I get why he's projected so high. I understand why he could end up being a top four, a top five pick, despite not playing the game of college basketball it's a little bit risky but the tools and athleticism are there and then right before Shaden Sharp it was Ryan Rollins and Ryan had the I don't want to say it's unfortunate but I guess it's probably good to get it out the way but he was actually the very first player to have his pro day so there was nobody before him and the scouts were there I mean it was a nice showing of scouts and I thought he looked good and I thought he made the most of his opportunity and like Sharp, this was also the first time a lot of NBA executives had the opportunity to see him live. And like I said, he shot it well, especially from the mid-range. That's kind of like his bread and butter. But what is very interesting to me is that Rollins and Sharp will both be 19 on draft night. 
But Rollins has two years of college basketball experience while Sharp was playing high school basketball for a semester last season. All right, so before I get into the next segment, I have to let you know about Truebill. And do you know why these free trials that you sign up for renew without your consent? It's simply because it is a business scam to get your cash. Do not let the greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you do not need, want, or simply forgot about. On the average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill, and that's because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in just one tap. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped them save over $100 million. Matthew B., who is a Truebill customer, says in a matter of seconds, he saved $660 for the year on his DirecTV bill. He also saved $120 for the year on a Sirius XM bill and $840 a year on car insurance. So don't fall for do not fall for the subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA, and it can save you thousands of dollars per year. Now, I love brownies, but you know what I love more? Brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making the brownies. Now, imagine if you could lick that brownie spatula clean and get some protein in it. Well, you're in luck because Built Bar has a new creation and this is one of the better ones that they have, the Brownie Batter Puff. Yep, you heard me right. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level, and they're available right now on Built.com. Have you tried the Built Puffs yet? I'm not sure what you're waiting for. Puffs are these chocolate-covered marshmallows in a protein bar. Again, you heard me correctly. It is a delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. With 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and 7 grams of sugar, the brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any day. And all Built Bar puffs are covered with 100% real chocolate. So that means that with a Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. The brownie batter puffs will have you completely forgetting that you're eating a protein bar. No need to pinch yourself. This is real life. Go to built.com, get the brownie batter puffs now. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off at built.com. All right, once again, you're listening to the NBA Big Board Podcast and I am your host, Rafael Barlow. Now I want to talk about some of the drills that I was able to witness at the NBA Combine. All right, let's start off with the three-point star drill. And if you're not familiar, the three-point star drill is a drill where the players have to make three-pointers from the five spots on the floor, but they are running in the pattern of a star. So I'm left-handed, so how I would draw a star looks a little bit different. So this may be too deep of basketball terminology. So for me, if I were doing a three-point star drill, I would start off from the slot to the opposite corner, to the top of the key, to the other opposite corner, back to the other slot. So this is a drill. It's basically showing three-point shooting off movement. And the biggest shocker, if not the biggest shocker, the second biggest shocker of the day was Kendall Brown, 
who was not known to be a sniper at Baylor, had the best three-point star drill testing. He made 18 out of 25. Behind him was Jake LaRavia, who made 17 out of 25. And LaRavia actually shot the ball so well that I don't know if he has a guarantee, but he felt comfortable enough with his position in the draft that he decided not to participate in the 5-on-5 games later on today. Colin Gillespie shot 64% from the three-point star drill. And another shocker was Christian Coloco. Yes, Christian Coloco, the center from Arizona, makes 16 out of 25 from the three-point star drill. Behind him was Julian Champagne, Keon Ellis, John Montero, John Butler, the seven-footer from Florida State who has an interesting choice to make. He is kind of like a poor man's Chet Holmgren. Might even be skinnier than Chet Holmgren, but he has very similar skill sets. Maybe not as dominant defensively, but the size, the shooting, the lack of weight, they're very similar. Yet he shot it well. Darion Sebron, a guy who is also not known to be a, a really good shooter, also shot well from the three-point star drill. He made 15 out of 25. Then they had guys shoot free throws. Keon Nellis, they had a few guys make, I mean, multiple guys made 10 out of 10. Another drill that I was able to witness was overall spot-up shooting. And Hugo Besson, the French scorer, who was more known for his scoring than shooting, but in past podcasts I mentioned that he is a, a very good shooter. And I think in last year he played in second division France. He played in Pro B, and he led the Pro B in scoring. But he would have also finished first in three-pointers made if he didn't miss maybe four games. But a large percentage of his three-point shots came off the dribble. A lot of self-creation. And I did a podcast interview with him last week, and we talked about that. So it's no surprise to me that he shot very well in spot-up shooting. He made 20 out of 25 from spot-up threes. Julian Champagne was behind him with 19 out of 25. Colin Gillespie, no surprise made uh, 18 out of 25. Then you had Julian Strother from Gonzaga, same thing, 18 out of 25. Ron Harper Jr. John Montero, again, ranks in the top half of, of shooting, as he did in the three-point star drill and in spot shooting. Alondis Williams, this probably helped him a lot. Alondis is not known for being a shooter, and he shot 15 out of 25. And then there's John Butler, again, who has a very interesting choice to make if he stays in the draft or goes to Florida State. But he made 15 out of 25. Orlando Robinson, another big. So that's three seven-footers that have shot very well in some of the shooting drills. And then just a few other names down the list. Uh, Aminu Muhammad made 15 out of 25. Keon Ellis, 14 out of 25. Dominic Barlow from Overtime Elite, no relation. But he made 15 out of 25, or sorry, 14 out of 25. And then, oddly enough, Jake, who shot lights out, Jake LaRavia, that is, shot lights out in the star drill, only made 14 out of 25 for spot-up shooting. Josh Minot, 13 out of 25, which was pretty decent. All right, and then here's one that was a, a shocker. When you think of, like, the most explosive or, or vertically explosive athletes in this class, I'd say if I had to take a vote, I'd say most people would probably say it's between Kendall Brown, maybe Christian Braun, maybe uh, J.D. Davison. But 
Kennedy Chandler had the highest maximum vertical jump. He had a 41.5 inch max vert. Kendall Brown was second. Christian Brown, hopefully I didn't say Brown a minute ago. Christian Brown was third with a 40 inch vert. So there's only three guys. Only three guys posted a 40 inch maximum vertical jump. Uh, Brown's teammate Ocha Akbaji was at 39. Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, who has tested well, who could end up being mid first or maybe even lottery pick. He had a 39. Wendell Moore posted a 38 and a half. Terquavion Smith, who I'm a big fan of, had a 38 and a half inch max vertical jump. Iverson Molinar from Mississippi State. Darion Sebron, both were at 38. Same with EJ Lydell. We'll talk about him in a second. Max Christie, Scotty Pippen Jr., J.D. Davison was 13th. I would have bet all my money that he would have been top five, but he finished 13th with a 37-inch max vert. Um, who would have thought Scotty Pippen Jr. would have a higher max vert than J.D. Davison? Kind of mind-blowing to me. John Montero, who does not wow you with like freakish athleticism, posted the same max vert as J.D. Davison. Josh Minot was 36 and a half, Musa Diabate, Ryan Rollins at 36 and a half, and Leonard Miller at 36 and a half. All right, here's another shooting drill that may have helped some guys. Keon Ellis made 83% of his jump shots off the dribble. He was 25 out of 30. Then Colin Gillespie finished second. Aminu Muhammad finished tied for second. Julian Strother again, Hugo Besson again. So that is two drills that Besson finished in the, the top four. Ron Harper Jr., Josh Minot, which is very interesting. Shot 70% on um, drills, uh, shooting off the dribble. Jake LaRavia, John Montero again, Iverson Molinar. And uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, those are the guys that shot well off the dribble. All right, I should have did this in order, but the no-step Vertical jump. EJ Liddell, who is at least 240 pounds, posted the highest no-step vertical jump at 35.5 inches, which that has to like help his stock. I mean, I mean, we all know that he is a very good shot blocker, especially to be somewhat undersized. But I mean, the quick explosion, explosiveness, and ability to just jump straight up off of with, with no step. It kind of makes sense why he's such a good shot blocker, but he was first, 35.5. Christian Brown was second at 33.5. Jalen Williams, 33.5. Wendell Moore, 32.5. Justin Lewis from Marquette, 32.5. Ocha Akbaji had 32 inches. Max Christie, Kendall Brown, only 31.5. No step vertical jump. That is kind of surprising to me. And then Kennedy Chandler's was 31 also. So those are some very interesting numbers as far as the shooting and um and in vertical numbers so i thought those were pretty interesting all right when we return i'll talk about what i saw with my own eyes at the the workouts and who kind of stood out and who may have struggled a little bit all right stay tuned feeling your best starts with what you eat and sakara helps you live a healthy balanced lifestyle while truly enjoying it and it's with delicious, plant-rich, transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. And now is the time to seek wellness, joy, and abundance in all areas of your life. And it starts with what you eat. With Sakara, you get nutrient-dense meals, snacks, and supplements that nourish your body 
without ever sacrificing taste or quality and true radiance. It starts on your plate and made with high quality organic ingredients. Sakara's plant rich transformational nutrition programs are expertly designed to deliver real results from reduced bloat and ease digestion to clear skin and boosted energy and moods. Sakara is a wellness company that is anchored in food as medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. It gives you the tools you need to transform your life with their organic ready to eat meal delivery program and functional wellness essentials. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash locked on 20 or enter locked on 20 at checkout. That is Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash locked on 20 to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash locked on 20. All right, in this last segment, I, I just want to go over some notes and a few things that I saw. All right, I'll start off with Kofi Coburn. Kofi is a large human being. I mean, he is a massive dude, but he looks like he slimmed down. And just based off of what I saw, I think there's a spot for him in the NBA as a screener and a rebounder. I don't think that he'll get the post touches that he got at Illinois. He's going to have to change his style up a little bit. But with NBA spacing, I imagine him as a guy that is used as a screener. He'll create some easy opportunities for ball handlers. And I I think that he should be able to at least provide some backup minutes. What's kind of shocking was Kofi was knocking down threes in some of the shooting drills. So that was, again, pretty surprising. Now, I know that's not going to be his role, but I think he had a stretch where he made three out of four three-pointers. And it wasn't spot-up shooting. It was like in some moving drills. So um, I, I think Kofi has a shot to maybe get drafted at the at the end of the second round. Unfortunately for him, he was just one of these guys that was born in the wrong era. 2002 Kofi Coburn is a a top 10 pick and then like I mentioned with Christian Coloco he shot the lights out from the star drill and if he shoots the ball like he shot yesterday in his workouts he could move into the lottery I have Jalen Duran as my top center and I have Mark Williams second but if Coloco can be this inside outside rim protector then I think that he has a chance to to uh, end up in the lottery, at least the mid-first round. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on, on draft night. And then I just want to see if he can continue um, with the shooting because, I mean, I, I tweeted it yesterday when I uh, posted the picture of the stats. I mean, I probably got 100 tweets that said, Coloco? With a question mark. And, yes, it was legit. Coloco was knocking down threes. I mean, he outshot a lot of the guards in, in the drill. I mean, he made 16 out of 25. So, no, I'm sorry, 18 out of 25. No, I'm sorry, 16 out of 25. So that was pretty impressive. All right, Christian Brown. Brown, I felt like, didn't shoot the ball as well as I would have liked. He's been a good shooter throughout his college career, but I, I just feel like he should be a great shooter. His release was a little low, so that could be an issue. I thought that he struggled in some of the shooting drills. Now, he looked explosive in like some of the full-court transition drills. And then he tested well as far as being a, a vertical athlete. But the shooting, it was a little bit of an issue. But at this point, I'm just kind of nitpicking. Now, Jalen Williams. Jalen Williams from Santa Clara tested well. And there's some rumblings. 
And I heard some people say that they think he could move up into the lottery. They were that impressed with his overall game and just how well he tested. So that is something that um, you want to keep an eye out on. And then lastly, Terquavian Smith. I've been high on Terquavian for a little while now, and I had him as a guy that I think could move into the lottery. And the way that he shot the ball yesterday, I, 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 I think I could have a chance of being correct. He made 18 out of 25 in the star drill. He finished in the top 10 on the max vertical. And a scout told me that they believe he could be the next Jordan Poole. I'm just going to read a little bit of what a scout sent me about, about Terquavian. Say so he's a breathtaking athlete. He's super confident. He's bright and focused. He talks a lot. He claps a lot. Brings a lot of energy. Great shooter with blazing speed and an electric right leg. So then they also uh, heard that he crushed the Nets workout and, and dominated in some of the one-on-one drills. So Terquavian Smith could be a huge riser, but that wouldn't be a, a big shock to me. All right, Patrick Baldwin Jr. This is tough to say, but he tested poorly. It was like a 23-inch vertical, something like that. And he didn't shoot the ball very well yesterday. And I was there. I watched most of his shooting drills. I I don't know what's wrong, man. I really don't know what's wrong. He looks like a shell of the player that we saw in high school. He doesn't look confident in his shot. He looks slow. And I, I thought the combine was a setting where he could regain some of the hype that was surrounding him. But I did not think that he took advantage of it yesterday. But luckily for him, he still has a couple of games and a pro day ahead of him this week. So he and if he plays well there, they could help. But yesterday, I did not think helped him at all. And then last year, I had a chance to meet Usman Jang just by chance. I went to a gym in L.A., had a chance to meet him, and uh, we exchanged numbers. Didn't really talk to him throughout the season. And uh, I, when I saw him Monday, he looked like he had grew. And so I saw him again yesterday, and I was like, no, nah, man, he, I, I can't be tripping this much. So I had the opportunity to ask him, how tall is he? And he told me he's 6'10". I don't think he did any measurements, but this is from him. He said that he's 6'10". Now, if he's 6'10", and he, you know, continues or, or he or team sees what or how he finished this season compared to how he started, then I think Usman Chang could end up back where he started in the lottery. And that is, I mean, that would be impressive considering that he has such a tough, tough start to you know, begin his career in in Australia, but he could end up right back where he started. All right. Well, thank you so much for making the NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On NBA Podcast, from the first jump ball of the playing tournament to the last possession of the finals. Our experts will take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. I am Rafael Barlow. This is the NBA Big Board Podcast, and I am out.